0: you're listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates
1: i'm sarah Golseth.
0: thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour you can find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon information overload or an information gluttony? Uh, are, are you taking in too much information? Is is that even possible? Can you possibly take in too much information? We're going to take a look at that topic today and joining us for the conversation, Mr. Peter Slayton, manager for social media, the Lutheran Church Misery Synod. Peter, welcome back to the coffee hour.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here. And I am not Andy. <laughs> I'm <laughs> resurrecting that, joke. that every time I'm on. <laughs> And
0: Pastor William Swirla, pastor of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California.
1: Pastor Swirla, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Hey, great to be here. I didn't know Peter was going to be here, too. We did a great <laughs> podcast a while ago. Didn't we, Peter? I mean, We we, we keep
2: getting a, paired up together for this was, sort of stuff. It, but it works like well. S-
1: it was like sports talk on ESPN, man. It was <laughs> it was really good. I we're, really we're gonna enjoyed it. We're going to see
2: if it. Andy and Sarah can rein us in a bit here. I think not, last time not possible, talked- not possible. No, <laughs>
0: last time we talked, we, we were baking bread. So yes. yeah. I was, or Peter.
2: Not me. I do coffee. Oh, and, oh, and, and now hot peppers. <laughs>
1: you, you what? Whoa whoa, whoa, whoa! You grow them?
2: Yeah, I'm looking at my grow box right here in front of oh, my computer man. in my basement. It's oh, yeah, my first yeah. year. I'm I'm brand new. I've killed most of them, but 7 yeah. are still alive
1: yeah you try the red sabina habanero oh man it's beautiful i'm
2: all, I'm all scotch bonnets instead of habaneros this year i did hobs last year. same thing See, just, this just, is a
1: great <laughs> example and a good segue to our topic for today
2: <laughs> yes so much
0: information can you take it all we just have so much information
1: and it's random too to just...
0: and sometimes it's random how has well, let's let's start with with Peter, how has information accessibility changed over the last three to five decades? And I know you haven't been a vi- like been around for all five I've, of those. Decades. I, yeah,
2: <laughs> I've, I've been around for four of them. But this question, what actually really came to mind was uh, last weekend, my family was watching The Music Man, and if you've ever watched that musical, classic musical, great movie, one of the main plot points is the the seller, the Music Man, trying to seduce the librarian so that he can make sure that she doesn't out him doesn't like let everybody know that he's a fraud because back then in the 50s 40s whenever the movie was set that was she was like the gatekeeper for information if you wanted to know something you went to the library and the librarian was the one who knew everything and i'm watching this movie and it it dawned on me i was like wait a minute do my kids even understand why he's trying to get her to fall in love with him, why he's trying to make sure that she doesn't, you know, out him. Like now it's like, I, I literally thought we just, well, I pull out my phone, do a Google search for him on the internet and find what I can find. And there it is. I don't need the librarian. I mean that you just think about the dynamic there and that, that massive shift from here's one person in the town who can find out this information and really nobody else can until you know, the bad guy comes from the other town and outs him who's been following along with him. To now, where it's like anybody with a phone, pull out your phone, look up anything, and there you go. It's all at your fingertips.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think Peter makes a good point here. Information is democratized uh, to an extreme extent. I'll give you two illustrations. Peter's example uh, illustrates the first one, the library. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm six decades into this and uh, getting older all the time. But but, you know, there was when you needed when you needed information, you went to the library and you stood in front of a a box with drawers called a card file. <laughs> and you ruffled through these 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 somewhat dilapidated typed cards, looking, looking, looking. Then you went into the book stacks. And there you kind of like were immersed in the smell of books, which is really an interesting smell. And um, <laughs> and and see, the fun thing about that was that the book you were actually looking for was not the book that you set out to find. It was the book Two books down, but you didn't know that. See, so, <laughs> so there was a certain sort of analog serendipity about the book stacks, which were just mysterious. It was, but that was called research <laughs> at the time. See, but now when you do research, you just kind of uh, get on your various search engines. You can call up abstracts. You can get excerpts from books. You know, good reads, and and all of these. Uh, you don't even have to handle the book, let alone smell it any longer. And so the the whole experience has been reduced to a digitized screen experience where you don't even have to get up and go anywhere. So the library is one. The other one that I would point out is the encyclopedia. Uh, when I was a kid, my, my parents got us the World Book Encyclopedia, which was a good racket because they they sold you a year update every year. And, and that was fun. And I, I actually, I actually uh, took uh, the one from my senior my, my senior year graduation, the, the year I graduated from high school, 1974, um, I took that yearbook because I love those yearbooks. I would read them cover to cover, the year in review. But the World Book Encyclopedia was like the the kind of like the source of all knowledge right there. Uh, but it was in book form again. Now, what do we use? Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia, by the way. I think this is the most <laughs> awesome thing in the world. I actually give money to those people to keep that thing going. Um, but again, it's kind of, it's immediate, it's unfiltered, it's 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 uh, open source, so it's totally democratized, and it's not always reliable. Its reliability is up and down depending on. What you're looking for, but
2: um, and who and who edited the article last?
1: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I find that it's really great. It, it's pretty. It's good in science. Um, it's good for science stuff. It's um, really good for movies. <laughs> yeah. Not so good for theology. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get your theology from either the you know the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy or Wikipedia. These are not going to help you all that much, but. <laughs> Uh but anyway, the point is you you have these vast libraries. you have the Vatican Library at your disposal from your your study you know your your laptop your phone um it's 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 amazing. it is truly a glut of information mm-hmm.
0: Do we consume it differently then because it's all available literally at our fingertips?
1: Yeah, I think we do. Um, I, I think, see, I, I think we're in what I would call the information age. Now, informa- what is information? Information is like it's beneath knowledge. It's just, it's, it's sound bites, it's data, it's stuff, but it's not integrated into anything. You know, when you read an encyclopedia article, you were reading something in context, admittedly somebody's context, but at least it was a context. Somebody had thought about it, but there's no thinking involved. You just kind of slurp up information and then repeat it. Um, and so you, you get this kind of soundbite knowledge, knowledge in, in little bits and pieces. Um, that's way below that's way below knowledge. It's, it's just factoids and information and that's a far throw from wisdom. (laughs) Wisdom, wisdom is way, way, way above and beyond that sort of thing. In fact, I have a theory that you don't begin to attain wisdom until you stop taking in this glut of information and start thinking about it. But that's just me.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. we definitely consume differently. Being, being a social media manager, spending a large portion of my day on Facebook, on Twitter, you can just see how people are consuming information. And yeah, the distinction between the consumption of the information and then understanding that information, which I think is even a level below the the wisdom that Pastor Swirla is talking about, these are all distinct things. And my concern, and what I notice a lot, is I think the way in which we consume information in these sound bites out of context most of the time, or simply lifted from the context in order to make the point that we want to make with whatever it, whatever agenda it is that we have, the point that we're trying to prove, actually prevents deep understanding of an issue, which means you'll never actually get to that, that wisdom side of it. And, and I think this is one of the, one of the main things that people who study social media communication in particular this is one of the things that they say this this is like the dark ages here, if I can mm-hmm. use that as an analogy that the the way in which we are communicating in these platforms, which is where most people nowadays are communicating, is not demonstrating deep understanding of subjects. It's not demonstrating a a, a thorough knowledge and definitely not wisdom in many cases. Uh, and in fact, it can, End up hurting a lot. I I was I was contemplating how to share a particular article today to the LCMS social media. And I actually decided I probably am not going to share it at this time because it won't the point the article is trying to make will likely not actually come across in the medium of social media because people will only read the headline. Or maybe the first couple parts of the article, if they even do that, or they'll they'll read the headline of whatever teaser I put with it, which isn't enough to actually give you context for the article and what it's handling. And the material is is big enough that's like, you know, you should actually read all the way through before you comment on this, because otherwise you might miss the point that's being made here. And I came to the conclusion of, well, I'm actually not gonna share this, at least not. Right now, because it's just going to blow up.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you ever notice how many people comment passionately on posted articles, but it's clear they've never read them. They just they just saw the headline or. Oh, the... I've,
2: I've done that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. the problem with this. I do it too.
1: Now I will admit, I will admit to commenting on comment streams where I haven't read the comments because. Quite frankly, what I have to say is the most important thing on the comment stream. <laughs> but, but yeah, and who has time for that? That's a little bit like you know arriving late in a bar conversation and saying, "Okay, can you review the last half hour of conversation for me, so I'm kind yeah. of up to speed?" You just sort of dive in. That's conversation. But if somebody posts an article like you're you're talking about, Peter, and 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 you know you start start teeing off on the article and how you know the author is ignorant, and blah, blah blah. It's like, uh, excuse me, did, did you read this or? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. are you just kind of like bloviating here? Um, This reminds me that when we talk about information in the internet, I think we have to make some distinctions because the internet is a valuable source of information as I described it. Um, It saves me a lot of trips to the library. It saves me library fees and extreme overdue fees, which, you know, that killed killed me in all my studies. But um, that's when you're talking about you know, using Wikipedia or researching movies on IMDb. It's good stuff. Or the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. It's really good. Um, I've learned tons of things uh, on on classes that are available on the Internet. So, so we can't paint with that kind of big brush like that. There's a lot of good information. You can actually peruse the Isaiah scroll from the Dead Sea Scrolls um, you know, in kind of a real time experience, you're actually rolling through the scroll, digitally reconstructed. I've seen the original Dead Sea Scrolls. You can't read those things anymore. They're kind of like, you know, they, 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 but they're oxidized. So it's, but but the digital reconstructions are amazing. Or how about the Mars rover, man, you can survey, you can look at Mars. I was watching <laughs> sunset on Mars the other day and I thought, wow, this is great. But social media, that's, you're really getting to rock bottom there. When it when it comes to that's not a source of information. That's about as reliable as smoke signals. You know, this is.
2: I think we're getting to intentionality now. That that yes, our consumption of media has changed. But if we're intentional about seeking out those good sources of information that are available, you can, like Pastor Swirl is pointing out, you can learn some fantastic things even easier than you ever did before. But. The, the nature of how we tend to communicate in this digital age doesn't actually encourage you towards that deep learning, towards that deep intentional dive into subject matter with the fantastic resources that are available. So I think that's, that's a big part of this as well, is our culture is encouraging us not to go deep, but man, the tools and the resources, they, they're even more available than ever if you want to do that.
0: Pastor Swirl, earlier you mentioned that, uh, I think you said that you don't think we get to wisdom until we, we stop taking in all of this information. And you said, I think I'm alone in that, but I don't think you are. We're going to talk more about that when we come back in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golseth.
0: Welcome back to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking about information gluttony today. We are talking with Peter Slayton. He's the manager for LCMS Social Media and Pastor Bill Swirla. He's pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, California. And uh, before we went to break earlier in the the previous segment, Pastor Swirla mentioned that uh, he said, I don't think you get to wisdom until you you stop taking in the information is that right pastor swirl is that did I get that right
1: yeah you you need to you need you know it's look at it like this you know you go to you go to like hometown buffet or or some kind of thing where the foods just laid out all over the place you know at some point you got to stop eating and start digesting <laughs> you know and and the problem is this is constant eating you know this is this is leading to kind of an intellectual case of indigestion and and so <laughs> You have to kind of eventually turn it off and have a good, hard, hopefully prayerful think. And and I think that's where wisdom comes in. You know, that's, that's why wisdom is associated in the Bible with age. You know, us third trimester people are, are, you know, we're in our sixth decade. The age of wisdom is 60. And I begin to understand that. Here's why. At 60, you start forgetting information. You know, the, like the brains just skipping grooves. That's an old term for vinyl records, by the way. But the, the, <laughs> I, the I understood it. Oh, I <laughs> they're back. Why? Because analog rocks. OK, let's, Millennials. Just, let's just yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they know <laughs> your ears tell you the truth. So but anyway, th- there's this thing where you start to forget things, but that doesn't bother you so much because you don't need to know. Factoids. What you need to know is is kind of the big picture, the gestalt, the 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 matrix, you know, and and that's where wisdom kicks in, because it's it's information that's been that's been integrated with knowledge that's been tempered by experience because, you know, you've you've kind of like you've been knocked around a little bit. And and now you begin to see how it all fits together. So you may not remember all the names of the trees in the forest, but you understand what goes into a forest really well, see? But in order to do that, you got to turn the volume down once in a while and have a good hard think.
0: Well, you mentioned earlier, you said, maybe I'm alone in thinking that, but uh, I think you're not. Uh, Brett McCracken, a senior editor for the Gospel Coalition, he's also author of the wisdom pyramid feeding your soul in a post-truth world. Uh, he developed what he calls the wisdom pyramid. It's comparable to the food pyramid that we all had to learn back in grade school about consuming food more wisely. Yeah, you know. but
1: that was wrong, by the way. You know, it was upside. was upside down, as that episode on South Park demonstrated. The. the-
2: Wait, wait. South Park is a valid source of information and knowledge and wisdom now? Oh, no.
1: One of the best pieces of culture criticism I know. I mean, you know, (laughs) unreal, but... That's example, right there. The,
2: the LCMS does not oh, endorse viewers watching South Park. <laughs> <laughs> so the
0: wisdom pyramid begins with scripture on the bottom, God's word as the foundation, the source we should consume the most. The next layer being the church, both local church and the historical church. I would assume this this may include like the church fathers, probably. Then the, the third layer is nature or creation. Uh, and the fourth layer is books. Um, so they could be contemporary books or old books fifth layer is beauty um, the experience of things that both god and man have made and then the final layer the internet and social media like the the fats and sugars the tiny little point at the top of the pyramid is the internet and social media the layer we should consume in smallest amounts so what do you think what do you think of this wisdom pyramid uh what do you think peter
2: well, I, I like the uh, sugars and fats being at the top. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> if you're the 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 place where we should be spending the least amount of our time, if we're talking about developing wisdom, definitely there. Um, I, my question, since I haven't actually read the book, I'd have to see how he handles this. but his mm-hmm. first two layers, I, I'm interested as as a Lutheran, I'm wondering if separating those two is actually, the, the right way to go because i i would want to avoid a me and my bible kind of approach that it's just mm-hmm. me and my bible and i can figure all of this out and as, as lutherans we we reject that approach to scripture and we say no because christ has defined the church as the body of believers and christianity is never done alone i'd almost want let, to let's combine those first two layers in in some way um to recognize you're you're never doing this alone. And Scripture, while it is sola scripture, it is our uh, the alone the authority. It's never actually alone. Um, when I'm me in my closet alone with Scripture, I usually end up with heresy in some <laughs> form or another. <laughs> so I I don't know how he handles that in the book, but it's mm-hmm. interesting. It's like what, and I don't know what that would change then moving on up his pyramid if we looked at those first two layers as actually more t- together let's not separate them out too much
1: mm-hmm. pastor sorla yeah i i don't know i don't know I, I i'm getting a little sort of a henry david thoreau walden pond sort of vibe here you know cre- <laughs> what does it mean to you know contemplate creation i'm, I'm all into that you know i i, I love that stuff but, but here's my problem, is that I think it, it's, maybe, it's maybe the analogy, you know, to a food pyramid, eat more of this, less of this. Um, I don't think it's a quantity sort of thing, is what do you look for in these various things? Um, and so, so scripture and the teachings of the church um, are not going to be very useful in day-to-day life necessarily. Um, they are very useful in terms of understanding the core of our being the meaning of our life, who we are, giving our identity. Um, but uh, you know, on a on a sort of a word for word, paragraph for paragraph basis, even I, as a pastor, don't read more scripture or church fathers than I do. Uh, you know, other books on other things. See, so I'm, I'm not sure that kind of analogy is going to be helpful here. But I think the problem is that it's it's really a matter of knowing. It's an epistemology issue. There's a fancy word. <laughs> so, you know, how do you learn about spiritual things? Well, you're not going to learn much from creation, really. Um, but you are from the scriptures, and you are from the wisdom of the church fathers. And and so, you know, the matters of faith, third article kind of things— Yeah, you got you got to be in there if if you because we're spiritual creatures, Uh, but we're also creatures in creation. And I think part of reading or getting knowledge from creation is science, which is the best way to understand creation and how it works. Uh, And so that's, you know, that's part and parcel of our reading list, too. But it's kind of I think there's. We heard the word, uh, Peter used the word intentionality. There's like, it's going to sources, knowing what you're going there for. So when I go to social, I like social media, you know, I like hanging out and irritating people and stuff, but I don't go there. (laughs) I don't go there for information. You know, I go there either to sell my stuff or to hang out with friends, you know, but it's, it's, it's that level of engagement. Um, When I go to scriptures, you know, I want to know about God and I want to know, what God what God wants to say to me specifically about my salvation um, I you know I don't go there to figure out you know how trees work or something like that that's you know so there's an intentionality about your sources what do you go there for and how reliable are the sources that you're going to I, I think those are that's the skill set that needs to be in place to navigate this buffet here mm-hmm
0: Peter, Pastor Cirilla talked about, you know, sifting through this information and applying wisdom in where and how you're getting your information. Uh, How, what would you say to that, to how we choose our information, how we sift through all of the the things that we can find on the internet and especially on social media?
2: Well, I I think it's actually healthy to, at least as the starting point, and, and mentally say, social media is not real. (laughs) <laughs> social media is not real life. Now Swirla and I kind of go back and forth on this we, we, we've we've got a little bit of a disagreement that might not actually be a disagreement so we can we can have a little fun here. but if you if you if you consume your social media with at least that in mind that I need to look at everything I see here with a, a healthy dose dose of skepticism and not just accept it as truth, that can be really helpful in at least, tempering some of the worst tendencies that that social media can bring out and I intentionally say that social media can bring out because the platforms are structured in such a way on purpose to cater to your sinful nature and to get you to hang out there more and comment more and maybe even be angry more on occasion <laughs> uh, there's there's all sorts of stuff coming out on <laughs> the the platforms themselves we've talked about this saying we will do whatever we can to keep you here and here are some of the things that we're doing to keep you here that's right. Um,
1: Whatever grabs your attention.
2: Yeah. It and doesn't those, matter. And those things are usually not like godly things. It's usually <laughs> like they're, they're grabbing at your sinful nature to keep you there in, in some way. So coming at it with a certain amount of healthy skepticism and at least the the, the thought that uh, I need to make sure I don't think that this is reality, that this is the way things are. Um, so so temp. And if that then leads you to temper your use of social media, good. I mean, we all recognize on one level or another that it's not good to sit in front of a screen all day. I don't think there's anybody out there in this day and age who says, you know what? I think the most healthy thing for me and my family is to sit in front of a computer for 12 hours a day. Um, although I have to, because it's required for work in, right. in many cases. But <laughs> even as I do that, I'm not sitting here saying, this is great. This is amazing. This is how humans were intended to be. This is what God made us to do. Um, so, so tempering the, the use of any screens and social media. Yeah, Did this, we weren't created to look at screens all day. So we should temper that. Pastor, well, thirty it's, seconds. It's a, <laughs> no, a, what? Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> it, it's a it's a discipline thing too. You know, if the first thing that you do, and I admit I do this, you know, you get up, you check your email, check social media, see what's happening out in the world. You know, and what have I neglected? The first thing, first order of business in the catechism: pray. And and prayer. Re- requires a a silence it, prayer begins in silence because you can't hear unless you're quiet uh, you can't hear from the word of god until you shut up you know and and i think this noise this this information noise uh can really get in the way of the the life of devotion the life of prayer the life of being immersed in the word of god because you you have to turn down you know the noise and and we're in control of that we have we have a, a, an amazing amount of control over the volume in our lives hmm. Hmm.
0: reverend william swirla pastor of holy trinity lutheran church in hacienda heights california pastor swirla thanks so much for joining us in the coffee hour always a pleasure peter slayton manager for social media for the lutheran church missouri Synod. peter thanks so much for being our guest today
2: always wonderful to be here thank you guys
0: You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah
2: Gulsa.